You are listening to the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast, and my name is Blake Farley. For the final time uh, for this Bible reading plan, uh, we are going to be reading a section of the Old Testament, New Testament, a psalm, and a proverb, and as always, out of the NLT. My wife was making fun of me the other day because my intro has become uh, very scripted, and that's because I've done it so many times this year. And uh, I am excited to have this uh, stand as a record uh, for uh, many years to come for anybody who wants to listen through the Bible with me uh, through the New Living Translation. Now, if it sounds a little bit different, that's because I'm actually recording this last podcast on my phone. Uh, If you're listening in real time when it's being released, uh, it's been a couple weeks since I released December 30th, and that's because I broke my podcast microphone and I can't find a replacement part for it. So uh, I didn't want to wait any longer. And so I'm just recording this on my phone so that it can be out there. Uh, And I think that that is a big uh, metaphor for how it is to read the Bible. Oftentimes things happen, you get behind and the way to get through it is to just keep going. And I want to congratulate everybody who's made it all the way to this part in the plan. It is a huge accomplishment And I would encourage you to do it again, to read through it again, read through it with somebody else, read through it in a different plan or a different translation, or listen to this podcast again. Every time I've read through the Bible, I have discovered something new and different about uh, God and about Jesus and about what he's done for me. And I think the the same would be true for you. So with that said, let's go ahead and jump into Malachi chapter 3 and 4 as we finish up the Old Testament. And as always, I am reading this out of the New Living translation. Malachi chapter 3 verse 1. Look, I am sending my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant, whom you look for so eagerly, is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But who will be able to endure it when he comes? Who will be able to stand and face him when he appears? For he will be like a blazing fire that refines metal, or like a strong soap that bleaches clothes. He will sit like a refiner of silver, burning away the dross. He will purify the Levites, refining them like gold and silver, so that they may once again offer acceptable sacrifices to the Lord. Then once more the Lord will accept the offerings brought to him by the people of Judah and Jerusalem, as he did in the past. At that time, I will put you on trial. I am eager to witness against all the sorcerers and adulterers and liars. I will speak against those who cheat employees of their wages who oppress widows and orphans, or who deprive the foreigners living among you of justice. For these people do not fear me, says the Lord of heaven's armies. I am the Lord, and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we have never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant. For I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, 
for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. You have said terrible things about me, says the Lord. But you say, what do you mean? What have we said against you? You have said, what's the use of serving God? What have we gained by obeying his commands or by trying to show the Lord of heaven's armies that we are sorry for our sins? From now on, we will call the arrogant blessed. For those who do evil get rich, and those who dare God to punish them suffer no harm. Then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other, and the Lord listened to what they said. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the honor of his name. They will be my people, says the Lord of heaven's armies. On the day when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. Then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. The Lord of heaven's armies says, The day of judgment is coming like a burning furnace. On that day, the arrogant and the wicked will be burned up like straw. They will be consumed, roots, branches, and all. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And you will go free, leaping with joy like calves let out to pasture. On the day when I act, you will tread upon the wicked as if they were dust under your feet, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Remember to obey the law of Moses, my servant, all the decrees and regulations that I gave him on Mount Sinai for all Israel. Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. And now moving into our final New Testament reading on this journey, Revelation chapter 22, beginning with verse 1. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him. And they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads. And there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. Then the angel said to me, Everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God who inspires his prophets has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said, No, don't worship me. I am a servant of God, just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all who obey what is written in this book. Worship only God. Then he instructed me, Do not seal up the prophetic words in this book, for the time is near. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. Let the one who is holy continue to be holy. Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat the fruit from the tree of life. Outside the city are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idol worshippers, and all who love to live a lie. I, Jesus, 
have sent my angel to give you this message for the churches. I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne. I am the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. And I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy written in this book, if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. And if anyone removes any of the words from this book of prophecy, God will remove that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city that are described in this book. He who is the faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. Yes and amen. And now we will read Psalm 31, verses 25 through 31. And this is a very famous section of scripture. It's the Proverbs 31 women, woman. Um, and remember, though, that it's not just describing a, a wife here, but throughout the book of Proverbs, uh, the woman, the she, has been a metaphor for wisdom. So, when you read she, you can read it as a Proverbs 31 woman. I'm not trying to run every Bible study ever. Uh, but also uh, read it as in, this is what wisdom does. So here we go. Proverbs 31, verse 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. And now for the last time, we will be reading Psalm 150 in a posture of prayer. And if you've followed along with us in this plan, this is your second time all the way through the Psalms. And we end here with Psalm 150. And as always, we will read it in a posture of prayer. And the second half of our reading through the Bible journey, I've kind of backed off of praying verse by verse because I wanted to give you space to do that personally. But last time together, I'm going to pray through this verse by verse, and I would encourage you to do the same. Psalm 150, beginning with verse 1. Praise the Lord. And yes, God, we do praise you. We thank you so much for all the many blessings you've given us, namely the blessings in Christ Jesus and also the blessings of the word of God and that through technology we can be on opposite sides of the country, opposite sides of the world and be reading through your book together. Verse 1 continued. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with lyre and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Yes, God, let us be people of praise, people of joy, praising you in all that we do. Verse 6. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. God, I pray that our lives are praise to you in everything that we do in our everyday life. We love you and we praise you. Amen. Well, friends, as we close out this final uh, podcast, uh, I again want to congratulate you on making it this far. Uh, when I started this podcast, I didn't really know what, 
what happened, honestly, it was a challenge to myself to be able to record myself reading every word of the Bible. And uh, I was hopeful that it'd be an encouragement to some of the people in our actual church community. I pastor Ascent Church in Woodward. Uh, and yet God has done um, a lot more with it than what I thought he would. Uh, as we close out this podcast, it's nearly 100 hours of content. There have been nearly 10,000 downloads from all over the place. And I am hopeful that uh, this will continue to be a blessing to people for years to come as the one-year Bible is recorded. Uh, and for me, I started this journey because for a lot of people, the the robot reading uh, isn't exactly what you need to stay active and engaged. And there's some things that just need a little bit of explaining, not a lot. And I wanted to create a podcast for people like me uh, who wanted that when I was first trying to read the Bible. So I pray that it was helpful to you. And I feel like the best way to close, you know, I normally close by saying, um, we'll see you back here tomorrow, but I obviously can't say that unless you start over January 1st, which would be awesome. Uh, but I want to close by just giving you the simple good news. Throughout this whole Bible, there's been one story that has been told, and that is the gospel story. What is that? Well, it's God's plan to save his creation from the power, the presence, and the penalty of sin through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. What does that mean for you? Well, Jesus came to pay the penalty for your sins. Through your sin, you owe God a debt. We all do. It's a debt we cannot pay. The good news, though, is that Jesus came and he paid that debt for you. And he gave you his righteousness so that you have right standing with God. In other words, Jesus paid the penalty you were supposed to pay, and you get the blessings that he only rightly deserves. Yeah, it's good news. Number two, you have power over sin. Uh, I know it doesn't feel like it right now, but you are dead to sin. And there's some areas in your life where you haven't experienced the grace and the freedom there yet. But Jesus promises we have power over it. And throughout our lives, we can actually become more and more free and find more and more peace in Jesus. But it's through the power of the Holy Spirit, walking through with him daily and through the church, the people of God. They're, they're not just there for an activity on Sunday. They're there for your benefit, to do life together. They are there for your growth. And then finally, one day we have a hope, a glorious hope that Jesus will return and there will be no presence of sin, which means there will be no death, no sickness, no cancer, no divorce, no strife, but there will be peace as we all worship one king and his name will be Jesus. And this affects our daily lives because it gives us hope, gives us something to look forward to. And though we mourn and grieve with the rest of the world, we mourn differently because we mourn with that hope of what is to come. This is the gospel. And you say, Blake, how can I participate in it? Well, throughout scripture, we've seen two things. You must trust in God. In other words, you have to believe those things are true for you. More than believing they are true for you, you live as though you believe they are true. You live as if you have right standing with God based upon what Jesus did. You live as though the Holy Spirit and the church are there for your growth and godliness. And you live as though there is a future hope. Then you repent. It's a lifestyle of turning from yourself and the lies of the world to the truths of Jesus. As you come across things in which your thinking has been wrong, your truths have been wrong, you repent to the truth of what Jesus says. You follow him in all of life. This is the gospel and that's how you participate in it. And if there's anything that you got from this podcast, I pray that that is something you can take away. And until next time, I don't know what the future of this podcast holds to be, uh, to be certain, but until next time, if there is a next time, I hope that you will continue the journey of reading through the Bible in community because the Bible was meant to be read together.